Welcome to Get This Shit, the bi-monthly podcast that answers the questions you've always had, but forgot to ask. Prepare your earballs. your host and I have a special guest with me here today Sam hey guys howdy howdy how are ya I'm good how are you good good it's wonderful to have you back thanks for coming of course so to get the show started I wanted to let you guys know that the reason that Sam is here guest hosting with me today is because Kaylee did get her job that she applied for that she was talking about. Yeah. So uh, her schedule has now become completely unpredictable. And to not make our tens of fans suffer, she is going to be a guest host. So when she has time and she's actually with us or we can get a uh, on the road type of uh, studio together for her. Uh, I'm going to have some guest hosts and we're going to, I don't know, just have some fun. I'm going to have some of my friends on. We're going to talk and chat. We'll talk with Kaylee when she has uh, the means and the sanity. But I'm really excited for us to uh, see what comes. It's a new year, 2022. So we wish Kaylee the best. I hope that you have the absolute most fun doing this new exciting thing because you deserve it. And it's not going to be the same without you, but we're going to keep it fun, right, Sammy? Absolutely. (laughs) Perfect. So we'll keep bringing you the creepy and the weird and sometimes super educational, sometimes... Just fun. Yeah. 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 So we'll keep bringing you all that and new stuff. Yeah. A lot of new stuff. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> so with that being said, Sam, how have you been? Uh, yeah, as if you don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're like the only person I spend time with. No, it's been good. Work's been good. Good. Uh, yeah, pretty chill over here, but that's. Uh, something that's not very chill, Samuel. Yeah, yeah. The death of one of our icons. It it was a sad day. It, it was, was a sad day. Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, we are talking about Betty White, and I know that we're super late to the party. Like, she died a week ago, as of this moment in time. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think my theory is she went out a hero because, yeah, well, because think about it. It, She could have either died at the end of 2021 like a hero, cut it short a few days. Sure, sure. Which 2021 was already shitty enough Mm -hmm. or could have kicked off 2022 with her passing. True. Yeah. True. No, No. she was a true hero (laughs) down to her core. She decided to kick it a couple days early couple days before, you know, a little bit before her 100th birthday for our benefit. Yes. Because that's who she for was. For our sakes. Yes. America's grandma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was at uh, work when I 
a client, she gasped and held her phone up and said, oh, my God. <laughs> and I physically had to fight back tears during this blow dry. <laughs> uh, the next the next day I was in the kitchen making food because I usually get up early on the weekends. Well, yeah, he does. I mean, I sleep in, but uh, earlier than anybody else in yes. the house. And I usually make breakfast and whatnot, and uh, pretty much at least half the day we had Golden Girls reruns yeah. playing in the background. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that I've talked about it on the podcast before, but for my 30th birthday, we had a Golden Girls-themed birthday party. We sure did. It was fucking amazing. Oh, my God. You know what? I I can post pictures. Yeah, we went uh, up to a casino uh, with some friends, and we all dressed up in our best uh, respectable, older, more seasoned individuals. Old man and old lady clothes. Yeah. We uh, got followed around by security. Yeah, we definitely got followed around until one of the, like, I don't know, hospitality staff came yeah, and yeah, asked yeah. one of us what the hell was going on and as soon as we told them they were all about they it. they loved it uh i'm pretty sure that one of our friends offered them a butterscotch it was either butterscotch or she had like individual fun-sized bags of mini pretzels yes yes purse. yes i, I can't remember, remember what it was one, yeah. but yeah uh it was great i highly recommend that you guys do it because then we went out to the bars after and partied like old ladies katie wore rollers in her hair and she was like a crazy cat lady oh, it was yes. a one she had like her lipstick all smudged it was great it was wonderful speaking of katie she came home for the holidays so uh, got that cis time in that i desperately need and uh, she did uh, take Mitzi home with her her uh, baby kitty that sam and i were cat sitting yeah She's a little doodle. We're used to old cats. Yes, we are not super used to kittens. No. It's like having a toddler run around your house. Yeah. For real, though, she would parkour off the walls. Like <laughs> She was nuts. And then poor thing went into heat for the first time. Yeah, yeah. The first two times while she was with us. <laughs> yeah, she has a... Uh... She's on the fast cycle of her washer setting. <laughs> I Yeah, no kidding. Her and I, we synced up, buddy. We were like a gang up in here. What's yeah. up? Me and Nicholas were fighting for our lives. Blood in, blood out, fam. <laughs> I don't think cats bleed as part of their cycle. Listen, you don't know. <laughs> you know, I can't say that definitively, but I did... I did a couple Google searches on heat cycles when she was here because, you know, I... I you're responsible. Well, we never had a cat that wasn't fixed when I was, True. you know, growing up or yeah, as yeah. an adult. So I'm like, mm, we've I, only had I boy cats. Know. Yeah. So, yeah, growing up, we had a girl cat, but it had a boy name because my brother. Was that again? Yeah, we had Calvin. Calvin. Yeah, my brother. It was his cat, my brother Luke, and he decided to name it Calvin because he liked Calvin and Hobbes. Because uh, yeah, 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 I love that. Yeah, but why not name it Hobbes? Hobbes is the it's tiger, the tiger yeah. right? Oh wow! Calvin is the kid. He didn't like the name Hobbes. <laughs> I guess not. I don't know. He's a strange bird. Yeah. yeah, we had a 
male name female cat. Oh, yeah. Her name was Clyde. Yeah, yeah, Clyde. Clyde. Allison would call her Clyde Sexy Legs. <laughs> <laughs> she I stretched a lot and was always showing off her fabulous lines. And she looked like she had bloomers on because she was so fluffy. <laughs> she was so cute. Uh, but yeah, Kitty came home for the holidays. Got her kitty. Oh, speaking of the holidays, we were able to get together with our families this year. It was wonderful. Um, do do do. I'm trying to think. Uh, at Sam's family, uh, we God, we ate so many desserts. <laughs> yeah. We ate so much dessert. Yeah, that's partially my fault. Yeah, Sam went on a fucking baking spree. I'm not complaining. I am, but I'm not. But I am, but I'm not. <laughs> went on fucking baking spree. You made like what ten different types of cookies within oh, uh... like two weeks. Eight, I think. Eight? Only eight. <laughs> I benefited from each of them. <laughs> Katie and I had a day where we just laid around on the couch and watched Christmas movies, and Sam brought us the mixer beaters mm-hmm. <laughs> all yeah. day long as he made cookies. Yeah, it was a. I got a wild hair up my ass and had a marathon day. My God, was it ever! I uh, but I mean, like I said, I'm complaining, but I'm not. But I am, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can see some of the like outlines of cookies on my thighs. I'm just saying. <laughs> There's a peanut butter blossom right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been eyeballing it. I'm saving it for later. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh I wrote God. my name on it. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I licked it. That means it's mine. <laughs> Well, I didn't like it. Hey. <laughs> hey, that's for a different type of social media content, Samuel. Sure, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> I forgot this was a PG and on the this more, is more a, racy episodes, PG-13 rated this podcast. This is a family Christian. Oh, yeah. Just super syndicated podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is. Focus on the family, 700 Club. Uh, Get yeah, this shit. Uh, basically. Uh, <laughs> find interchangeable. Us in our, Whoa, it took me a minute to think of the word. Find us in our time slot between Joyce Myers and T.D. Jakes. Yes. <laughs> Get this shit. Sponsored by Joel Steen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well. <laughs> Just because he's a piece of shit does not mean that he would sponsor Get This Shit. I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. Forget that shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joel Osteen, Monopoly edition. He has a board game. I, oh, just a board game. I thought it was Monopoly one, but uh, that's amazing. I mean, he may have come out with a Monopoly. Sure, but, but I mean, like, this is, he has his own? Yeah. Uh, Joel Osteen's Better Life Now Get the fuck out. board game. Get oh, the yeah, this fuck was out. years ago I found this. I remember because I still had a flip phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and my dad were Christmas shopping, and this is when he like first got popular. Someone in my family was like, ah, he's not like the other televangelists. And me and my dad were sure. Christmas shopping at the mall and went to one of the stores that has a bunch of board games and stuff. And I looked board in Board games and stuff more. Right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it had uh, Joe, Joel Osteen's 
your better life now board game and i took a picture of it in my seven pixel not oh megapixel God. but yeah, seven just pixel. only seven pixels <laughs> eight bit right practically <laughs> eight bit camera my flip no I think I graduated to my first Samsung after having a Nokia brick. Oh, my God. <laughs> the one that had snake on it. And a flashlight. Don't forget oh, that yeah, fucking flashlight. Oh, yeah, and the flashlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a fancy brick. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Well, it wasn't that fancy. It's Virgin Mobile. I had... It was oh. prepaid minutes there, champ. <laughs> I, listen, I had prepaid minutes as well. I got a cell phone when I was 16 and promptly lost it within like two weeks. Did you check the washer? Shut up. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I left it in a movie theater. Thank you. <laughs> I know exactly what happened yeah, to it. Funny. Yeah. I think the most expensive thing I lost other than my class ring. Oh, uh, shit. Sorry, Grandma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Right. She's the one who paid for like 75% of it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> My mom didn't get me one because of memories. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like I would still be wearing it. I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. They're our main demographic for this show. <laughs> right. And, but uh, yeah, I lost a pair of roller blades. The fuck? Yeah, uh, there was a church lock-in at... Uh, that kind of explains it, though. You, right uh, there. Right, yeah. Well, it, we took a field trip in the early part of the lock-in to... Uh, Not very lock-in of you. <laughs> well, it was like, go out to the skating ring. And out in, then an Have then pizza an in, in. there, and then come back and watch... A lock-out, then a lock-in. Right, <laughs> then come back to the church and like watch Veggie Tales and shit, so... Yeah, OG Fetchy Tales, none of this new shit. <laughs> <laughs> that TikTok, I fucked that tomato. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Sorry, I'll link that one too so you guys can see it. It's fucking hilarious. I felt horrible because my uncle had got a matching set for like me and my brother that came in super nice carrying case that had our initials embroidered on the front of it. For the ring? No, no, no. For the rollerblades. Oh, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I was lost. Um, Number one, that's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. You just left the yeah. rollerblades in, in your beautifully embroidered, personalized monogram bag. Yeah. Yeah. At the skating ring. Ooh, uh, and I know what skating rink you went to. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it wasn't... I'm sure that most places in the U.S. have a skating rink or something that was like, awesome, and yeah. then it went to completion. <laughs> and it's real sketchy. Yeah. And there are drug yeah, deals there. Yeah, there was definitely... No. It definitely was sketch. We would only go there on Wednesdays because that was... Wednesdays. Yeah, that was a contemporary Christian music night. Oh gotta skate to michael w smith and steven curtis chapman and steve is curtis chapman new, probably a little bit of katie perry new oh and this is way before katie perry <sighs> yeah no it went to it circled the train a lot faster than katie perry came up <laughs> uh, yeah well no no no. when she was a christian artist oh well she she, had, she went by a different name ah gotcha. yeah sorry yeah. 
no, 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 no. I am not trying to propose that Katy Perry California <laughs> girls was within your Christian wheelhouse. Well, sure, but I, well, I didn't. Yeah, I'm sorry. She was a Christian artist before. Right. Yeah, didn't hit my radar. But I mean, I think there because like this is back like you said, Michael W. Smith, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Newsboys, DC Talk. Yes. You know. Jars of Clay. Oh yeah. You probably couldn't skate to anything on Jars of Clay. No. They were the fucking moody Christian. Yeah, they were the... very emo. <laughs> yeah. The closest yeah. thing. Yeah, they were the cold play of the Christian. Shut the fuck up! That's accurate as fuck, though. That's accurate as fuck. Oh, my God. Petra would be the cure. Petra? Yeah. That's funny. What else were we talking about? Uh, We somehow went from Betty White well we talked about holiday (laughs) we we were talking about the holidays family cats Mm -hmm. Mm. i love it (laughs) perfect well in that case i think this is a perfect segue (laughs) into some get this shit i love it Uh, perfect uh, yeah uh wait listen it's new. It's yeah, new. We're totally. going with it. Keeping it loose. Yeah. Loosey goosey. <laughs> Sam, do you have something for us today? Yeah. No, I just, I was just, I was, I was going to wing it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You're going to freestyle? Oh, I love yeah. it. Uh, I was going to do it in the form of beat poetry, if that's fine with you. 110% awesome. fine Get with me. Get your snappers ready for this shit. Oh, <laughs> My snatcher is ready for this. Ooh, that's all right. Well, well I guess we can call her a snapper. <laughs> <laughs> well, our subject begins with a man named George Shaw. George Shaw. Yes. Right on. He was born in Buckinghamshire, England. Mm-hmm. He was educated by his dad until 1765. I'm sorry, he was born in... That was when he was 18. Okay. Let me do some quick math. <laughs> vamping, vamping why he does that math. 1747. Oh, wow. All right. 1747. Okay. Or at least 17th. Yeah. <laughs> so right around there. Uh, it was listed, but apparently I didn't write it down. So that's cool. It happens. Me. Dude, it happens way more. I dream of a day that there, that this produces someone who can proofread my shit because <laughs> lord knows i'm not doing it right continue george yeah. shaw educated by his dad until uh, 1765 i don't know if that was like a homeschool situation or like the mayor boy needs to teach you some shit <laughs> that's terrifying probably a bit of both yeah probably a bit yeah, of both you a know. bit of both so in 1765 he entered oxford he got his bachelor's in 1769 and earned his master's in, uh, <laughs> I wrote 1972. In Perfect. Se- in 17, it took him a long time, God but he got damn, there. he is a master. <laughs> Mastered everything. Uh, earned his master's in 1772. He was ordained in 1774. Oh. Uh, then he decided he... Uh, wasn't really about that god life so 
Same guy. I get it. Right. I get it. He was always interested in nature and like the history of natural things. So he became a naturalist and studied medicine in Edinburgh for three years. Fabulous. He came back to Oxford to teach botany as a deputy lecturer. Ooh. Yeah. I would go to that class. So then Well, he... probably not in that time, but... Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is worm's root, and it's good for tapeworms. No, I'm kidding. I... <laughs> I love it. So... <laughs> He joined a couple of scientific societies back in the day. And then in 1971, he became the assistant keeper of the natural history department at the British Museum. Didn't say which one, but this is back in the late 1700s. The British Museum. They probably just had one. Yeah, no, it's definitely just one. Yeah, no, their country's the size of a postage stamp, so... (laughs) I've seen memes online where they talk about, yeah, I drove for half an hour, went to Nova Scotia, drove for another hour, saw my parents in Poland. and then Oh, my God. You know, whereas like... Just down the road. Versus America, where it's like, oh, I drove for seven hours from this part of Texas, and I'm still in Texas. Still in Texas. <laughs> right. So, yeah, he got that job at the British Museum, and then he became the head of his department in 1806. And he stayed at that job until he passed in 1813. Okay. Right? But while he was working at the museum. The British Museum. Yeah. In 1799, the museum received a pelt and a sketch of a platypus. Oh my god, yes! (laughs) It was so weird that British scientists thought it was a hoax. did i would be suspicious as well yeah well i mean they were colonizing eastern australia because botany bay and the prison colony was on near like northwest australia oh okay so they were starting to explore and branch out and they discovered a bunch of different species out there that people hadn't seen they found axolotls out there which i know is your favorite uh (laughs) i just one of my clients i have to brag for a second i have the best clients in the world i uh, told you guys about the candle and then i have received an axolotl plushie it's pink and her name is colada the axolotl (laughs) but you gotta say it like a new yorker colada Colada. we both biffed it on that one summon them in front of the microphone but you know in real life i do a ton of accents and i do most of them partially well mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. forget about it where's the uh, gabagoo <laughs> yes the gabagoo Please continue there. Thank you to my clients. All right. Uh, so, yeah, no, they were colonizing Eastern Australia. And I didn't know that's where those came from. Sure. Uh, I think and like platypus. Yeah, I think platypus? axolotl. We'll get to that. Um, Platypoots. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, found a bunch of different stuff like axolotls, wombats, you know, great kangaroo shit like that. Cool. But they also found a platypus and they sent it back. And mm-hmm. the scientists thought it wasn't real. 
Shaw actually trimmed back the fur right around where the bill met up with the breast mm-hmm. of its because he was looking for stitches. Oh, stitch marks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the platypus was first discovered, they also caused a controversy. Oh. Yes, because they share traits with reptiles. Yeah. And mammals. Mm-hmm. And birds. Mm-hmm. So scientists were like, what the fuck is this? You're alive. And there was a early form of evolutionist called, I think, uh, transformatists. Okay. So there were people who followed that and people who followed very strict creation type scientists Mm -hmm. or science thinking. So they were trying to figure out what the fuck this thing is. And there was a huge debate on whether how to classify it as a mammal or something else. And Mm -hmm. the two things that they were getting hung up on was the fact that it laid eggs. Yeah. Yep. And the fact that it also lactates, that it feeds its young (laughs) milk. Which is a distinctly mammal trait. So the scientists argued either it does lactate and can't lay eggs or it does lay eggs and it can't lactate. It's not either and or both. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Which. It is either. Fuck. It's both. Either and both. Or no, not either. It's just and both. (laughs) Boop. There we go. (laughs) I think I'm affecting you. You may be. Oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all that lead paint I ate as a kid. Oh, my God. Yeah, that too. <laughs> That's why you're so famously angry. Yeah. <laughs> it was very... Wait, did I eat lead paint? Probably. <laughs> Your teachers probably fed it to you. Likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they could have figured all this stuff out a lot more quickly had they asked any of the indigenous peoples around them. Oh, they didn't? No, of course not. Oh, I are like I thought that it was like we couldn't figure it out because no one knew. No, like they eventually Fucking Jesus. <laughs> the Aboriginal tribes uh would hunt them for Really? I didn't think that they would serve much purpose. <laughs> sure. No, I mean, they would hunt them for food uh, because they're a very rich source of polyunsaturated fats. I wonder what they taste like. Yeah. No, ask Dave Anthony. I uh, he's, he's probably, probably eating one. one. <laughs> I love it. No, they're protected. They're they were delicious. fully protected in all of Australia, I believe, by 1912. Oh, wow. But yeah, no, they're full of polyunsaturated fats, which is definitely uh, important around like winter time. Sure. Yeah. The Aboriginal people definitely knew about them, how to hunt them, and the fact that they did lactate and they laid eggs both. Um, They also had a couple of uh, like a little bit of folklore around them as well. Oh my God. Yeah. They had uh, a couple different bedtime stories. Not like cautionary tale or just like mm, but just bedtime stories um one of them is from the upper reaches of the darling river and it begins with a young duck who disregarded her tribe's warning of the malacca which is a water devil the duck venturing down the creek far from her tribe was abducted by bagoon a large water rat who took the duck as his wife. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is a young teen bedtime story. <laughs> okay. 
PG-13, huh? Right. Uh, the duck eventually escaped and returned to her tribe, where she laid two eggs, which hatched as platypuses. Cute. They had soft fur. I mean, not cute, but cute. Right. They had soft fur instead of feathers, four webbed feet instead of two, mm. and spurs on their hind legs. Yeah. Like Bagoon's spear. Oh. The duck and her two different children were banished by her tribe, Aww. choosing to live far away in the mountains where she could hide from her tribe and Bagoon. Aww. Yeah. Not all bedtime stories have happy endings. No. I, this would not, I would not go to sleep. Right. Too many questions. A second bedtime story comes from the Central Coast in New South Wales and begins with the ancestor spirits on totems, the birds, marsupials, and fish implore the platypus to join their particular family. After consulting with the echidna, which is the family of, uh, like, spiny anteaters. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which the platypus is also a part of the same, like, family. Oh, yeah! Mm -hmm. The platypus graciously declines, explaining that it shares traits with all groups and wishes to remain friends with all of them rather than belong to one single group. The platypus uh, commemorates the great spirit for making all the animals different and respecting each's wisdom. Oh. Yeah. So embrace your individuality. Yeah. What makes you you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. That one's much better. <laughs> I decided to close with that one. Oh, instead. thank you. <laughs> you know I'm sensitive. Right. And then I figured I'd leave you with some fun platypus facts. Yes, please. So, uh, first fact is that the plural of platypus is platypuses. Platypuses. Okay. Yes. Platypi and platypodes are technically... Platy Loads of platypodes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> Those are technically correct, but are actually very rarely used in the scientific, like, in whoever documents stuff. Platypuses Platypus is the commonly accepted uh, plural of platypus. Okay. <laughs> Number two is that they have bioluminescent Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, if you put a platypus underneath a black light, it'll glow like a bluish green. What? <laughs> yeah. How did I not know this? I didn't know it either. I'll see if I can find a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy. They do not have stomachs. They have a uh, fish. A lot of fish and some other species. Uh, they have a gullet that goes oh, directly sure. to their intestines. Well, they oh also my have a. God. They are also named monotromes, which, if you break yeah, it down, yeah. is one whole because they have cloaca. Oh my god! Yeah, because they lay yep. eggs. Mm -hmm. It's all the business. All of the business of a bird reptile. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, platypuses used to be giant. Oh my god! <laughs> well, giant compared to what they are now. Yeah, yes. no, I totally get it. Like they used to be, according How to big? Uh, a double the size of what they are. So 
They're usually about like a foot and a half long. We're talking. Oh my like, god! I didn't realize they were that big. Right? Yeah. No, they the giant ones used to be like three foot long. Whoa! That would be unsettling. They do not have nipples. Where do they lactate from? Right, yeah, this is one of the things that confused the scientists when they were debating whether or not they lactated. They actually have mammary gland ducts on their abdomen, and the babies suckle from folds of on their skin and fur on their abdomen. They just... There's no there's specific... No nippy? There's no specific docking station, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing will lactate. I yeah, like kind of wow. like maybe like sweating, sure. but more so if there's negative pressure attached to it. Sure. A milking pad. Right. Yeah. They ha- they do have the venomous spurs yeah. on their hind legs, which are hollow and they're filled with venom, but not all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are full of venom during mating season yeah. uh, in order to fight off other prospective males. Yeah, dude, isn't that nuts? Yes. There's the... Where'd it go? Part of the reason that I'm so blown away by some of these facts is that I don't think that you guys understand how much I love platypuses. <laughs> I My friend Emma has homemade made me two different platypus and her name is e so platypussy um it's from a high school joke it goes Mm. that far back i have a large one and then her baby Mm -hmm. and the baby is blue (laughs) so a little bit more accurate i guess Uh, the webbing on their mm-hmm. claws is retractable. <gasps> land. What? Yes. That's insane. Mm-hmm. They can. <gasps> Let's see here. Uh, they use gravel as um mm. as teeth. Mm? <laughs> yeah. So they live in. Uh, they use spend most of their time in riverbeds. Cam. And they'll scoop up gravel. Oh, sure. And they will since they don't have any teeth in their bills, they will uh gravel in their cheeks, and then they'll scoop up whatever you know insects mm-hmm. or worms or small shellfish. Sure. Uh, out of the river, and then they'll come up on land and just you know mush it around oh so it breaks it down into small pieces when they drop it down their gullet into their intestine. Sure. Yeah. Uh, here's a fun one. Yay. Their bills have a shitload of nerve endings in them. Oh, my God. And are super sensitive. So sensitive, in fact, that they can actually detect EM fields. Oh, my God. Yes. So, you know how bats have, like, sonar and echo yeah. location, right? They have electrolocation. Whoa. To the point where they could actually hunt with no eyes, ears, and nose. <sighs> they could just feel stuff out with their bills. And oh, so, my God. Yeah. But they have all those other things. Yeah, they have all well, the okay, other things. Okay, just making yeah, sure. No, they I, just I, fine. Just, wow. You. And then lastly... So they have, like, the big beaver tails. Yeah. But they don't use them like beavers. Oh. Like, beavers will slap the water uh-huh. or the ground to alert other beavers and mm-hmm. presences. They don't do that. Platypuses don't even use their tails to help them swim. What? 
what? Yeah, because they have unlike because beavers just have oh sure, claws, whereas they have the web, webbing. Yeah, they have the web feet. Wow. So they use it. Their tails, like uh, the females, use the tails to hold the eggs close to their body for incubation. Mm. But also, they use it to store up fat, like oh almost. My God. Yeah. They can store up to nearly half their entire body weight's worth of fat in their oh tails. Oh, God, that's a acts, shit ton. Yeah, it acts as like a food storage and like yeah. a fat supply in case they well, run out of Fat reserve. Food. Yeah, exactly. That's fucking baller. So their tails just increase and decrease in size. I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. I wonder what that looks like. I'm not sure. I wonder if they get Fat tails. I wonder if that's like a fetish for the male. I hate you. Oh my god! <laughs> Look at that tail. Look at that tail. Oh that my god! Fat, it's got so much tail. winter reserves in there. Ooh, the winter reserves. That's hysterical. <laughs> oh my god! I. How did you come up with this idea? Uh, well, I mean, the past couple times I've been on here, I've done more like history stuff, but I also really love science, so I was kind of looking for. Something sciencey and fun and kind of weird. So I, I love it. It was like the uh, weird science facts, and then that didn't lead to anything. I was like, yeah, Ooh, yeah, weird science animals. <laughs> yes. And then I was like, oh fuck, I'll just do the platypus. I love it. I Sam, what a great fucking job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Alrighty. Are you uh, ready to uh, get my shit? Yeah. Sweet. Every day. <laughs> every day. Thank you for choosing my shit every day. <laughs> my shit. <laughs> yes. Coming to you every day with a new random brand of crazy. Oh, I hate you. It's so true, though. I hate it. My wait, shit. Wait, wait. You never know what's coming around the corner. My shit. My ears light up. My ears light up. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just showed him. I remembered to charge my ears for once in my life. For once in my life. Alrighty. So, it's no secret that I am fascinated by the uh, strange, creepy, gross, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Totally. I also enjoy a particular set of gore. I don't enjoy all gore. This is true. But I do enjoy real surgery. Yeah. So, like, watching on YouTube, different stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Well, the other day, a elevated thought came to me. Oh. I know. I was curious about how we got to surgery as we know it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh-huh. yeah right yeah. so i know a little bit here and there but i took a, a little gander into past medical practices yeah i'd make that gander quick if we're talking before germ theory was popular we are <laughs> we are okay good because it's uh yeah i think that starts devolving into the not into the kind of gore you don't like. <laughs> yes, correct. It was not until 1860 that any type of surgery was not going to be a huge gamble. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I'm going to hit the highlights of how we got to modern day surgery and then tell you guys a uh, few specifical types of uh, surgery and treatments that I found particularly fascinating slash gruesome. Funsies. Funsies. <laughs> Rabies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's his new thing, and it's my favorite. So, All right. The first real breakthrough in medicine was when we started to get an accurate idea of the human body and its structure. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if you guys knew this, but for a long fucking time, everyone was like, well, maybe there's a ghost in your belly. Right. Well, how you look at the symbol of what a heart is it is nothing like what your heart actually looks like yeah right i remember being ridiculously old when i was like oh yeah i guess it's not really the heart is it <laughs> i'm sure that doesn't surprise you though <laughs> until that time uh, it was a guessing game and some incredibly inaccurate information that was passed down from inquisitive minds of old mm-hmm now, did you know that Leonardo da Vinci had some strangely accurate drawings of the human body and its anatomy? Uh, I know of his ideal man, but I... Sure, sure, sure. It, it's along with that. Sure. Uh, yeah, but I, that's about it. Yeah. Um, he was one of the first people that had an accurate portrayal, but he never published them. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. And that was between 1452 and mm. 1519. So we're talking about, like, not never have we had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let me move this. Beep, 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 beep. So we're going to the way, way back, all right? Sure. The first steps towards understanding human anatomy as far as Europeans know it, Okay. Mm. Because in my research, I could not include everything, but fucking white people. Um, sure. It just <laughs> takes sure. us a while. It and does. then we take things from everyone else and give nothing back, usually. Yeah. yeah so yeah, 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 um, yeah. I, I say this as a fully white individual. So come at me, bro. <laughs> so in 1536, and I'm going to butcher names, my guys. We all know this. A Flemish man named Andreas Vassalis would use the criminals that were hung in his town to quell his curious 22-year-old mind. Sure, yeah. I mean, look, you're so proud to have graduated, you know, Kappa Kappa Omega. I and it's, you know, you don't have any pledges around, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. One day, he jumped up and pulled off the legs of a criminal that was hanging. Sure. He had questions that he wanted answered. And he thought they were inside the leg? I mean, yeah, some of them were. Yeah, sure. Probably yeah. not all 99 yeah. of them. Oh, yeah. Right. But a leg well, ain't mean, one problem, man. Nor a bitch. So. Nor a bitch. <laughs> In France, during this time, it was completely taboo and illegal to dissect human bodies. Sure. So that's why. Right. <laughs> but Andreas would not be detoured. At his extremely young age, he was already running his own medical school. His quest to understand the human body was insatiable. Once he had studied everything that he had, he kind of had the feeling that uh, it was largely inaccurate. I, like his own stuff or the stuff that was no, out there? No, the stuff that was out there. Gotcha. 
Yeah. <laughs> and... like, I did all this work. I learned it all. I fucked it up a little. Let's try oh my again. God. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. He was like, oh, this, this, kind this seems unlikely. <laughs> yeah. So he wanted to do his own. But what was available to him was Claudius Galen. Have you heard of this philosopher? No. He was a long upheld authority on human anatomy, but he was incredibly incorrect. Cool. Gallen based most of his books on animals, (laughs) like pigs and apes. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, humans resemble either pigs or apes sometimes. Sometimes, you know. I look a little bit like Miss Piggy. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of cute. <laughs> Very cute. Does that mean I Thank look you. like Kermit? Aw, Kermit. Hmm? Oh, Kermit. <laughs> to further his studies, Andreas resorted to grave robbing. Yeah. It's a yeah, tradition yeah, yeah. that was passed on to the States as well. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, these different factors, you know, challenging norm. Grave robbing, stealing legs. Sure. He was pretty unpopular, but he uh, was unbothered. A real Sweeney Todd. <laughs> a real Sweeney Todd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. P.S. Can I do the rest of the podcast as Kermit? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Throw him in there, though, every once in a while. Got it. In 1543, at 29, Andreas published the mo- his most important work, De Humani Corpsis Fabrica Libri Septim. <laughs> Seven books on the fabric of the human body. I was just about to say that. Were you? <laughs> I didn't do such a bad job, huh? No, <laughs> no I was not just about to say that. I was peasy. Oh my God, I fucking it. hate you. <laughs> I'm so dumb. It's generally referred to as Fabrica. This is the most popular. I thought that was like a generic brand of Febreze. I hate you. <laughs> it is. Hey ho, got Fabrica over here. Oh my god! <laughs> Does your apartment ever have that not fresh feeling? I hate you. This is the most famous anatomy book ever written, and also the first book on human anatomy to be reasonably accurate. I'm Second telling I, I was gonna say, I'm telling Grace. Suck it. Dr. McDreamy's coming after your bitch ass. Oh my god, you're so funny. Or McStuffins or Steamy. McStuffins. McSteamy. Was it Dreamy <gasps> or Steamy? I don't remember. There's both. There's there's two? Mm-hmm. Oh shit. What what makes one of them steamy versus dreamy? I think one is young and that's the dreamy one. I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't watch that shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to ask Katie. Sure. We'll get a consult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> so one of the earliest problems in surgery was cleanliness. Not the first one. <laughs> That's unfortunately horrifying. Yeah, it was um, um blood loss. I was damn it. I was just there. I was like, no, I don't believe you. No, <laughs> <laughs> I did this to myself. Yes, you did. Kermit feels bad. Kermit feels bad. Yeah, no, it's gonna guess that because like. They didn't know to, like, clamp off arteries and shit, I'm guessing. One of the earliest forms of triage was hot iron. But with war technology evolving and guns becoming a thing, it was thought that bullet holes needed a new way of treatment because searing them shut didn't work 
super, super great. Well, yeah, especially if you leave the bullet in there, which they did a bunch. Yeah, they sure did. But um, so instead of that, they started using boiling oil. No? Yeah. Can I just go with no? Oh, yeah. It would be smarter to pour the gunpowder in it and light, light that it on fire, shit right? Like Rambo 3. Yeah, no. <laughs> Boiling oil. Oh, my God. No. It wasn't until the mid 1500s oh. when a young Ambrose Perrier, yeah, I believe. The, yeah, the water guy. Yeah, the water guy. <laughs> Perret. I think it, it's Perret. That's what it is. I was trying to like... Is it P-E-R-R-I? No. It, he's French. Yeah. No, it's P-A-R-E. With a... Uh, I don't know that it's a teal day, but gotcha. I don't know. It's not a teal day. I don't know what else. that inf- <laughs> That inflection is called. <laughs> he is a barber turned field medic. Sure, yeah. He repopularized a way to limit bleeding during surgery and at the time after limb removals. Sure. They were very popular. You want uh, the full elbow or you just want a couple fingers? Just a little off the hand. Which one? Which one? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Do you want your neckline tapered or do you want me to take your foot off? (laughs) Just a foot, please. Diabetes with a side of trim. I hate you. The uh, way to limit bleeding was ligatures. Ambrose wasn't the first person to discover ligatures during surgery, but he is the person that's most credited with the rise in usage and popularity. So like tourniquets? No, no, no. Exactly what you're talking about. Ambrose would use a tool to help hold and then cut an artery. Like and, hemostats, gotcha. Yes, and then he would use silk thread to tie them off, to gotcha. tie off the ar- artery, rather. So it helps stop the lethal blood loss. Sure, yeah. Most of the time I hear ligature, it's on like yes. a crime uh, show, like, you know, Law and Order or something. Correct. So it's like ligature marks. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that bitch got not, strangled. That's hilarious. <laughs> and they're not sutures because they're not right. like... Yes. But yeah, ligature, so... Little doodles, tie off the artery, helps eliminate all of that blood loss. Yeah. So another huge leap in medical management was anesthesia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This came before cleanliness. Yeah. Great, though. Yeah. No, good. If I'm going to die. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Insanely enough, early doctors had more than enough access to different types of products that would have helped knock out their unlucky patients. Mm -hmm. But they had no idea what they had on their hands. Yeah. Yeah. So for a good 300 years, a mix of hypnosis, alcohol, and random chemicals were used. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And it wasn't until 1846 when a dentist by the name of William Morton Mm -hmm. performed the first Painless tooth surgery on the East Coast. Yeah, I remember. There's I, a dollop about yeah, it. I did remember. Yeah, there is a dollop about it. If you, I meant to look up the name of it, but it's one of the earlier ones. Make sure you go and listen. It is well worth it. It is a fantastic episode. Uh, I actually knew that. The, I mean, I only knew that anesthesia was developed by a dentist, but I did actually know that fact even before the dollop. Yes, that's Dunches. awesome. Sam. Yes. Do you know why it was 
a painless tooth surgery. Do you remember what he used? Was it ether? Yeah, yeah, it was ether. Mm-hmm. So ether, it very much knocked people out. Mm-hmm. Was great, but it irritated people's throats. Yes, and they also bucked around a lot. Yeah, until they went. Yeah, until they went out. Yeah. Until they went down. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So due to these drawbacks, other doctors continue to search for something to help. Mm-hmm. In 1847, James Younger Simpson was sniffing some chemicals he had at home, hoping to stumble on a solution. When Simpson came across chloroform, he knew he was in to something. Yeah, he was into something. Yeah. So, a side note, chloroform was invented 15 years before by a man named Sam Guthrie. For reasons only known to him, he mixed together... A couple of gallons of whiskey and a few pounds of chlorinated lime. To test his mixology, he asked his daughter to take a swig. Yeah. She said it was quite delicious and then passed the fuck out. Cool. So what was what was his name? Sam Guthrie. Sam Guthrie Cosby. Got it. Cosby. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guthrie, like the flim flam men of his day, decided to market this as a stimulant. He didn't realize its power for an anesthetic. <laughs> so she yep. takes a swig, passes out. Was it because she was? He thought she was so hopped up so quickly, and then crashed that hard. I don't know. I didn't look too far into it. <laughs> like she passed. She. I know she passed, passed the out. fuck out. I don't know. How is it a stimulant? Is he just illiterate? I don't. <laughs> I don't know what stimulant means. Maybe stimulant was just a generic for something back in them days. I mean, it's not like the era of patent medicine was based on any facts whatsoever. Oh, my God. Yes. I love it. So, James Simpson. (laughs) I got the fix for you. You got problems. You got shakes. You got aches. You got quakes. I got a stimulant that'll fix you right up so fast you'll pass right out. Yes. (laughs) From here to Kentucky, you're in super lucky. Oh, my God. Forget about your troubles. Stay. (laughs) So James Simpson was able to use chloroform successfully with many patients and also during demonstrations to doctors. Oh, but not everyone who used chloroform was so lucky. Uh-oh. The way that most doctors use chloroform is exactly like how you see it in the movies. Oh, no, but it takes so long. It takes I've way heard. long. <laughs> it takes way longer than what you see in the movies. That's hilarious. Super scientific, right? Yeah. Okay, so if you don't know, you boop, 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 a little dabble do you on a rag, and then you hold it up to someone's nose and mouth, and then they take a gasp of air, and then tickle them, yeah. Yeah. And they're down immediately. I'm the tickler, you see? You see? (laughs) You never catch me and take me alive, coppers, see? You see? (laughs) I love it. Would you believe me if I said that after a prolific use of chloroform and hundreds of operations... Hundreds of people started dying. No. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. No way. Especially young, healthy people. Uh-oh. Yeah. Were they white? Uh, probably. Well, that's a problem. Oh, God. Yeah. 
Call the police. I mean, in the eyes of history in this country, yeah, it's not I had a problem. Young white people start dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, chloroform is harmful to the heart, and the larger the dose you get, the more you're at risk for your heart stopping. What? Inhaling chemicals that knock you out is not good for your heart health? Right? No way. So young people are strong and they would try to fight off and hold out until the very last minute and then they take a huge gasp of air. Sure. Get a huge dose and then they kick it. Right. Was it like hypnosis? Like, this shit don't work on me. This shit don't work on me. Some then, people, yeah. And like two minutes later, they're barking like a dog. Yeah. Yes. 100%. <laughs> Uh, soon, it, the use of chloroform was regulated by Dr. John Snow, <laughs> who invented an inhaler for a worry-free delivery system. Nice. Yet, people still continued to die during and after any and many surgeries. Sure. It was damn near a 50-50 split. Well, yeah, because you said this is still before cleanliness yeah virology yeah 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 so it's especially bad when it came to labor and delivery women and children but women were dying left and right during and after birth well yeah because you can't but you're giving chloroform to them as they're giving oh my god no no women never get any type of pain (laughs) management so they definitely weren't being given chloroform Gotcha. So they Definitely. had previous chloroform use, and then oh my god, no! Oh, we're Many past of these chloroform. Got it. <laughs> women died terribly by the plight of something called childbed fever. Mm. Symptoms included fever, swollen abdomen, multiple infected abscesses, mm. and then death. Gross. Yes. If you were giving birth in a hospital, there were two units. One with doctors and one with midwives. Oh, spoiler alert. The- <laughs> Strangely, <laughs> most. Whoa. Yeah, right. Strangely, most deaths were occurring on the doctor side. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Any idea why? Mm. I'm going to guess that the midwives actually knew what they were doing. I'm going to guess they washed their hands. So that is definitely part of it. 110%. But. Like your guess, doctors were responsible for all types of surgery. No. Including post-life surgeries. No. AKA autopsies. Yeah, so they would come in. No. Right after autopsies, deliver babies. Oh, come on. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. They're just sticking their dead hands. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Ignate Samelweiss. A Hungarian doctor implemented a hand-washing regimen for his doctors, and death rates began to drop quickly. Yeah, weird. Great news, right? Yeah, sure. Well, Ignate... Well, it's because it got the bad smell off their hands. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Ignate knew that dirty hands were the problem, but he couldn't scientifically back it up. Sure. His colleagues laughed at him, and they didn't take him seriously. One of the doctors was to say, a bit of dirt around your fingernail, that can't kill a real man. Well, I mean, 
Yeah, you know who is a real man? The dude fucking his wife on the side. Uh, <laughs> hey. hey. Suck it. Suck it. Unfortunately, Samuel met an end that was all too preventable, just like many of his colleagues. Mm. Yeah, so he, he was died of an infection. On, he was operated on by someone who didn't have a hand-washing policy. Um, He also spent most of his life in an in insane asylum. Well, yeah, because he, was he carted had off ideas. At, yeah. So. He, he read a book. It was a whole thing. Mm. I, he was like, fuck you for not listening to me, fuckers. <laughs> yeah, he's a really interesting cat, but Jenna I couldn't get into all of it. Go. Yes. Sadly, if Samuel Weiss had had access to Louis Pasteur's research mm-hmm. about microbes that cause decay. He could have. It would have been a different story. Sure. It I'm was just picturing Belle's dad from Beauty and oh the Beast. Oh my God! Yes, the inventor. <laughs> he one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It was Joseph Lister who put together Samuel Weiss and Pasteur's findings. Yeah, the mouthwash guy. You got it, and added his own knowledge and began to use carbolic acid to sanitize his surgery tools. Sure. Do you know why carbolic acid was chosen? They had a lot of Coca-Cola laying around. That. And <laughs> that's what they used to neutralize the sewer smell. I mean. Yeah. I mean, that does make sense because right? like, I was joking around about it, but there was a theory that bad smells cause diseases. Yes. Before germ theory and, yep. and uh, virology became fact. Yes. And so, I mean, if it kills sewer smells, it means your tools are clean, right? Yeah, man, it has to. I'm just it wasn't glad it worked. <laughs> yes. It wasn't until a move to London and 12 years later of Lister practicing his sanitation practices until more surgeons began to adopt them. Yeah. I was, Isn't that nuts? Yeah, it's so nuts because, I mean, we have the ability to do things for, like, a few decades and then think we have it all figured out you know whether it's in the medical field which is constantly yeah. changing or i was reading an article and talking to a couple people about how we educate children in this country oh and, my god yeah or even the fact that we've only educated the general public for you know 18 years for what less than 200 years less than 100 years oof and so, I mean, you're educating teenagers all together with the same general knowledge quotients. And like we're finding out so many things about what works and what doesn't work. But yeah, like all the establishments are like, no, this is how it's supposed to go. Sure. Yeah. I no child left behind. Yeah. Or even the standardized testing. Yeah. Standardized yeah. testing. Hell, even the Socratic method is being proved oh, that yeah. it's not beneficial or the best way to teach most people yeah we were talking about that not too long ago mm-hmm. all right it's so all right. <laughs> no you're fine so that brings us to 1860 that is when samuel weiss released his book mm-hmm. uh and right around in that time is when sanitation practices became norm like in europe or over here too in europe yeah <laughs> it Came over here in the early, uh, what would have that been, 20th century? Nin- uh, 1900. Yeah, that would have been 20th century. Boom. So, yeah, 
uh, 1900s, that's when it started being practiced over yeah, here regularly. I'm, I remember hearing and reading things about like the Civil War. Oh, yeah. Here. It wasn't. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like 1920 was when it was very popular. Gotcha. Yeah. So are you ready for some procedures and treatments? Love it. All right. I we're going to start wait, pretty basic. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, now I'm ready. Okay, now. <laughs> Bloodletting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, an oldie but a goodie. Sure. One George of, Washington's favorite. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> if you haven't listened to that dollop, go and listen to it. George Washington's teeth. It dates back to at least the Greeks. Mm-hmm. So thousands of years. The reasoning behind this procedure. Well, back then you needed a balance of the four humors. Yes. Which are phlegm. Yellow bile, mm-hmm. black bile, mm-hmm. and blood. Sure. So you can't be out of whack with any of them. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Sam, have you ever had headaches? No. Never. <laughs> Never. Oh, no, okay. of course I've had headaches. Yes. All right. What about abdominal cramps? Mm, yes. Yeah, me too. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, any typhoid or cholera? No. Okay. We have clean drinking water. Great. So. <laughs> great. Well, two out of the four. Okay. Okay. In late 1700s, you would have been prescribed a tobacco smoke enema. Is that where blowing smoke up my ass comes from? I don't know, but it seems about right. Right. <laughs> I- Fucking hope so. Seems about white. (laughs) So it's exactly what you think. It it literally involves blowing smoke up someone's ass. One particularly graphic description from from 1746 describes in a paper published in The Lancet. I was going to say, because I need some details. A man's wife was pulled from the water, apparently dead. Amid much conflicting advice, a passing sailor offered his pipe and instructed the husband to insert the stem into his wife's rectum. Okay. Cover the bowl with a piece of perforated paper and blow hard. Miraculously, the woman revived. Nope. Nope. That didn't happen. <laughs> I think you're blowing smoke, smoke up my ass. <laughs> God, as people were using the tobacco enema to treat increasingly serious, serious diseases, the danger to the medic also increased. No shit. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> sorry. Poor no, choice you want of words. no shit. Yeah, no, that's what you want. But I feel like it doesn't always happen. Yeah. Sometimes the practitioner would accidentally, you know, breathe in. Yeah. Instead like- of out. Like the old poison dart gag in the cartoons. And yes, yeah. yes. Well, um, unlike the gags in cartoons. Oh, no, there will be gags. <laughs> cholera flagellates, or cholera particles, would pass into their lungs and no! infect them fatally. Thankfully, the introduction uh, of bellows for- made this job a lot less hazardous. I forgot. Okay, so I forgot for a second how people died of cholera. Mm-hmm. Where you die of dehydration because you literally shit, you shit yourself, yourself to death. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. So you're going to give a 
to mm-hmm. a tobacco smoke enema to someone with mm-hmm. lethally, possibly. Yes. possibly lethally explosive diarrhea. Yeah. Cool. That sounds. You wouldn't even have to inhale. It would probably just come rocketing out of the tube. <laughs> I mean, you definitely can't laugh. That is a nightmare. Yeah. And oh, I mean, you know. Russian roulette with the fucking oh asshole. Gosh. Yes. And uh, the advice to take something is to push out. And you don't want to do that if you have cholera. Oh. Yeah. No. Yeah. So no tobacco smoke enemas in this house okay but what what about my 35th birthday well you can hire a professional darling yes yes all right are you ready for uh, your next horrifying procedure i love it okay lithotomy so this is a procedure to remove Mm. bladder stones cool it I'm, was popular. I'm scared. With the ancient Greeks, Romans, Parisians, and uh, it was also referred to in Hindu texts. I have a theory. What is it? I'm just going to kick him in the nuts real hard. No. Damn. You're going to wish. No. The patient would lay on their back, feet apart. Good so far. While a blade was passed into their bladder through the perineum. Okay. Okay, okay. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan, but at first I thought you were going to say urethra, and so I'm, I'd am i prefer perineum over urethra. You would rather a scalpel go into your gooch? Yeah, I'd take a taint strip landing over having a blade pass through my urethra. Urethra? You're not into sounding? No, turns out. No, you and I like H. H. the Holmes sound are... of silence. I don't oh my like god, the sound you're of so sounding. funny. Uh, so further indignity was inflicted by surgeons after inserting their fingers or surgical instrument into the rectum or urethra to assist in the removal of the stone. So, why bother with the perineum at all if you're just gonna go through the urethra? I don't get it. Well, it depends on where it is, I would assume. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So what they do, just like cut open the perineum, like reach in and squeeze the bladder like a Capri Sun? Correct. Like... <laughs> yeah, because I mean, sometimes you got to get in there and I'm fish sorry. it out. I'm sorry, Kool-Aid jammer. <laughs> Kool-Aid jammer, don't you, don't you disrespect the Capri Sun like that? <laughs> so the mortality rate of this procedure was about 50%. Yeah, shocking. Yeah, I know, right? Healthy diets in the 20th century um, helped to eradicate this procedure. And then Coca-Cola was invented. And then (laughs) Coca-Cola. All right. Are you ready for an old school rhinoplasty? Okay. So a nose job. Yes. Okay. Picture it. 1500s. Okay. The sexually transmitted disease. Oh, syphilis, right? Known as saddle nose at the time. Ah. hmm hmm Syphilis. Yes. It's called this because the bridge of the nose collapses with advanced syphilis. Mm-hmm. This nasal deformity was an indicator of indiscretions. Mm-hmm. And many used surgery to try and hide it. An Italian surgeon in the late 1500s, Gaspar Tagliacozzi, Okay. 
good. Thank nice you. job. Thank That's, you. I put a little flair on it. Right. There. Help sell I'm it. I'm sure it's pretty close to being close at the very least. Thank you. <laughs> he developed a method for concealing this nasal deformity. He created a new nose using tissue from the patient's arm. Cool. He would then cover this with a flap of skin mm-hmm. from the upper arm, which was rather awkward um, because it was still attached to the limb. Sorry, what? Once the skin graft was firmly attached, about after three weeks, Gaspar would uh, separate the skin from the arm. So they're walking around like they're pretending to be an elephant? I guess. <laughs> you just, I guess it depends. Uh, where so your arm is up here and attached to I mean, it could be like face. this. So now we're showing each other different ways that you can touch your arm to your nose. Sure, but... <laughs> I'm yeah. postulating that it would be the upper arm because, I mean, sure. To me, they that makes sense. They try to hide it. Well, I mean, that's what you're trying to do with the surgery. Sure. I just, like, I'm thinking, like, more. Stiffen meaty, your pit. Like, more meatier part of your arm to go off of. <laughs> Maybe. Well, in any case, Ugh. there were reports of his patients' noses turning purple in the winter and falling off. <laughs> So uh, not satisfaction guarantee. Keep your guys. receipt. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, you ready for another? You got it. Yeah. Give it to me. You ready for some cannibal cures? Cannibal cures. Cures for cannibalism or cures that used cannibalism? The latter. Sure. Yep. Samuel. I'm still ready. Are any you suffering inclu- from headaches? Does, do any of them include fava beans? No. <laughs> no. Uh. Uh, but, uh, headaches, do you have muscle cramps? Nope. Nope. nope what nope, about stomach ulcers? Nope. I don't, I don't have shit. I'm tip top. Okay. Well, if you did. Okay. Right? Good. Pitch in, it to me. Doc. In the 1300s, <laughs> you could go and get yourself a little corpse medicine. You'd be a-okay. What am I going to do? Just snort a line of ground up dead people's toenails? Well, I mean, it probably wasn't toenails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Sam was an emoji, he would be the yuck-faced emoji. <laughs> no, I'm so scared. The I, Romans, that should not have been close. No, it shouldn't have. But the Romans believed that the blood of fallen gladiators could cure epilepsy. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Apothecaries were known for keeping stock of mummy powder. So that's where all the mummies went. Oh, that's where all the mummies went. I thought they went with their daddies. They wish. <laughs> you know, mummies and daddies. Mummies and daddies. <laughs> so obviously, uh, those mummies were from Egypt. They were straight up looted. Rude. I don't know if you know this, but like, Britain stole a shit ton of stuff from Egypt. <gasps> I know. Not shocking, but like. We didn't do it. Well, I mean, we did a little bit of it, I'm sure. But since we didn't do it, we don't know about it, right? Because right. we can't learn about anything else. But yeah, I uh, saw something about that and was like, well, I'm obviously going to have to look into that now. So, meanwhile, in 17th century England, King Charles II was known for enjoying a draft of King's Drops. Uh-oh. A restorative brew made from crumbled human skulls and alcohol. Yeah. 
Delicious. Sure. Delicious. The thought was that consuming the remains of a deceased person, that person also ingested part of their spirit, leading to increased vitality and well-being. This type of cure prescribed usually correspond with the ailments of the bones that they steeped in the alcohol. So if you had migraines, you'd get a little bit of skull booze. Cool. Uh, if you had muscle aches, you'd get a little bit of human fat booze. Right. What about ED? Does that mean I get like dick beer? Dick beer. Yeah, <laughs> I would assume so. Nice uh, dick beer. Dick beer dick, for me. Dick beer. Dick beer for you. I hate you. I'll have a dick. You have one too. Woo. <laughs> oh my God. Alrighty. Are you ready for the next? Hit me. I'm winging this. St. Fiarchi illness. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, St. Fiarchi. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'll light a <laughs> candle for you. <laughs> they are known as the patron of hemorrhoids. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, well, how saintly was Farchi if... Farchi. If he's the patron saint of hemorrhoids. The tale says that St. Farchi, a 7th century Irish monk who suffered from the disease, sat on a hard rock and was miraculously cured of his illness. I don't buy it. Look, After I, that, the rock became known as St. The Bloody Rock. The Archie's <laughs> Rock. Some medieval doctors who believed in the tale would send their patients to sit on the famous rock for a few hours to cure them of their disease. This It was named the soon-to-be-heavily-stained rock. <laughs> <laughs> Red tip rock. Right? <laughs> yeah. As a useless treatment, however, it, it was not nearly as painful as the other superstition that doctors prescribed their patients. Well, I mean, sitting on a pointy rock is not comfortable, but I I could imagine it being an improvement. Yeah, because the other more scientific monks, they would just insert a red hot iron tube into the rectum and I call it a day. Nope, I don't like it. I don't like it. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. like it. I'd go sit on a rock. Yeah, I would much rather sit on a rock. <laughs> Have you ever had ketchup? Yes. Great. On on my freedom fries. On your freedom fries? Oh, my God. My high school actually did that. I'm sure. Well, you also had to drive your tractor to school. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not surprised. So almost every classmate show up on a horse and be like, this is my tractor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Almost everyone likes ketchup, right? Except for you. Except for me. I fucking hate ketchup. Because you're un-American. I I'm really an American. Apparently not. <laughs> no, I said un-American. Ah. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Tommy. No. <laughs> but they have some good points. <laughs> well, shortly after tomato ketchup was invented, it was sold in pill form and said to cure diarrhea, indigestion, jaundice, and rheumatism. Nope. But sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does none of that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the, the jaundice is what hit me. <laughs> I know, right? There's no 
vitamin D in you, right. my guy, or at least not enough. Like, anyway. Wait. That's scurvy. <laughs> scurvy's vitamin C. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> vitamin D is sun. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so stupid. That's John funny. This is, they call me mellow yellow. Yellow. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that's why. Anyway. Yellow citrus. I think that was my thing. I don't know. <laughs> Listen. So you equated yellow. Have you ever had a Bible cyst? I am not about to let you show everyone how dumb I am, okay? (laughs) This is my show, Samuel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, fuck. A Bible cyst. A Bible cyst. Is that where you get a cyst, but it has, like, the shape of, like... Mary or I hate you. <laughs> that would be really funny. The Virgin Mary's in my cyst. Oh my god. No. So a Bible cyst is a innocuous cyst. It is what's the word? Benign. Not thank you. It's yeah. benign. And it appears on the hand or wrist, usually where they're, you know, connected. I have one Every so often that pops up, especially because, because I do hair. Keep their wrists crooked when they carry their Bible down the street. Is that where it came from? No. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, so here, let me read what I got, and then we'll go from there. Okay. In 1749, a German anatomist, Lorenz Heister, wrote down treatment options for Bible cysts. Okay. This includes strapping a bullet that killed an animal to the cyst. How? Why would that just okay? The energy from this bullet. Well, then does it matter what animal you kill? Like, Mm -hmm. is a chipmunk better than a deer? I I mean, number one, it's a bit excessive to use a bullet to kill a chipmunk. There's not going to be much of an animal left. Back in the days of muskets, it's not you know. Yeah, but they. Chipmunks are a fucking big as a hand. Like yeah, maybe they used to be bigger, right? Platypuses used to be bigger. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> there, there could have been monster chipmunks. I mean, you I look at you. how big Donald Duck was, and Chip and Dale oh weren't my that much smaller. God. So, so another way of dealing with a Bible cyst was if you touch it with a dead man's hand, okay. it'll kill it. Uh, yep. That <laughs> I don't know. I'm just puzzled by, like, what's the fucking... I know it's... We have the grace of so much information at our fingertips, but and we're standing on the shoulders of giants the size of the Empire State Building, but what the fuck was the thinking bag? Like, how do you get know. to that point? I, I don't, don't know, understand. because the last one that he wrote down was the one that we use today, uh, and it's recommended. You hit it with a heavy book. Like the family Bible. Oh. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, it, I guess it would break up the fibrous yes. tissue. That's exactly what it does. Got it. Yep. That's why it's called a Bible cyst. Yes. That's really funny. That's what I've always known it as. Yeah. I, I mean. Jackie had one. Yeah. Friend of the podcast. What up, girl? No one in my family had uh, any devil diseases. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Samuel, have you ever dealt with chapped hands? Uh, yes. Yeah. Did you know that you can fix it with sour cream? Yes. Old sour cream. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Look, uh, it was a weird. It was a weird time in the Boy Scouts. I hate mm-hmm. you. 
You put sour cream on a cloth. Okay. You bury it outside and bury leave it, it overnight. Well, okay. I mean, overnight's not as bad as I, what I was going to guess. So Then you unearth it and apply the sour cream to your hands the next day. So we'll try that, okay? You got it. <laughs> All right. Bury and it? Bury it? I don't know. You're not putting the cloth like in a container. You're just burying a cloth mm-hmm. with sour cream. I don't. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. You ready for the last one? I love it. <laughs> You want um, a uh, a good treatment for ringworm? Yeah, it's called not getting ringworm. <laughs> it is. But a recommendation in a popular book called Mother's Remedies okay. recommends a paste made of gunpowder and vinegar. Oh, yeah. You apply it to the infection. Yeah, gun paste. Yeah. Keep it next to your toothpaste. Yeah. I you, you don't interchangeable mix them up, really. Though. You don't want to mix them up though. Really, you don't. No. You don't mm-hmm. think that the gunpowder will give me a nice shine? Oh yeah, but I mean. And the vinegar gets rid of the bacteria. Sure. Uh, Samuel, I think that you're wrong, my friend. I'm just. It doesn't taste very good. Smells great. Just doesn't taste. It's one of those. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. Smells great. Doesn't taste good. Yes. For most things that smell bad but taste good like you know there's a few no, things that you. smell bad but there's rarely anything that smells good but tastes bad sure uh vanilla extract oh <laughs> vanilla extract that is a good one. Oh my god don't want to do a, a capful of that nope all righty well those are all the treatments and horrifying uh Surgery of ye old past that I have for you significantly horrifying significantly so. <laughs> horrifying right Mm-hmm. I'm going to have nightmares. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll be there for you, baby. Okay, thank God. <laughs> All righty. Are you uh, you ready for some uh, get that shit? Sure. Awesome. Lay it on me, daddy. All right. Oh, yeah. Call me daddy. <laughs> daddy. Daddy. So Get That Shit is inspired by a gift that Samuel gave me. What? What? For Christmas. He is just a doodle and listened to me exactly when he asked me, hey, what would you uh, want for Christmas? Mm-hmm. And I gave him like three things. Yeah, sometimes I use it as a jumping off point and sometimes yes. I get you just yep nope, i'm getting you that shit I, he got exactly what i wanted and I, it was better than what i would have gotten myself <laughs> i personally for christmas received a unicorn wake and bake mug okay. she is glorious she's I, more than what i could have <laughs> asked for and the good good people at cascadegoods.com they have many different selections for you and they're a part of a roast and toast collection (laughs) so go on over to cascadegoods.com head down to the roast and toast collection and uh, take a look at what they got i don't see actively right now any unicorns but i do see an adorable cow (laughs) and also there are some more regular type of mugs if you're more of a a classic sure wake and baker <laughs> all right they run the gamut between about $25 and $40 depending on the style that you go for but yeah 
head on over to CascadeGoods.com. All righty. Yeah, and while you're looking around on the good old interwebs, you can listen to more Get This Shit on all the different streaming platforms, including Podbean. Hail Podbean. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can find more on the Instagram bio at GTS underscore podcast. While you're there, make sure that you do all the likes, the follow, the subscribes on all of the different shit, all right? So we can continue to grow our shit. Check out our link tree to find our website, episode resources, and much, much more. You can always holler at us at GTS with Kaylee and Cassie at gmail.com. If you have any small business ideas that you want to hype up or you have any topics that you don't want to do homework on. Well, I think that's uh, about it, tit. All right. Is that all you got? That's all I got. All right. That's all I got. Well, love and light. Love and light. We will see you doodles the next time. Bye. Bye.